all the gear and no idea, you don't have to go out and buy all of these gadgets. That Triathlon Show, episode 64. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, I'm very happy to welcome back Simon Brierley. We did several episodes, three of them actually, when he was visiting myself for the Olin Swim Run, which you heard on the last episode. But this one is going back to basics, back to triathlon. It will be a training talk taking into account the beginner, advanced and improver that falls in the middle between those beginner and advanced categories. And we'll cover Simon's top tips for both triathlon training in general, the attributes that make some triathletes more successful than others and ways that you can develop these attributes what mistakes you should avoid, and finally, Simon's top tips for swimming, biking, and running for, again, all of these three different levels of triathletes. So without any further ado, let's jump right into this discussion with Simon Briley. So today's interview on that triathlon show is with my coach, Simon Briley, and he's the first guest to have ever been flying directly into the that triathlon show studios to do a live interview welcome simon how are you i'm good thank you mikhail uh, it's a privilege to be here and um uh, great to obviously catch up with yourself uh, on a personal basis as well perfect and uh, today's interview is going to be about different things related to triathlon training on from a pretty general perspective and we're going to go into your training philosophy in triathlon in general and also swimming biking and running and all sorts of things and we what we are going to do is break this interview with you into two parts there will be another part where we'll probably go into things like goal setting and so on but before that why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in triathlon and in triathlon coaching thanks Mikael um yeah, my my triathlon background uh, started uh, 28 years ago uh, when I was living uh, back in Zimbabwe in Africa, and I, I I took part in a very small triathlon there to help raise some money for a one of the top athletes in Zimbabwe um, who had had some equipment stolen, and so they were off to world championships, and we were trying to get them there, obviously, um, and uh, I got fourth in that event, and. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the combination of swimming, biking, and running. I was a sporty young guy myself at the age of nine, ten years old, and I, I decided to kind of take it up as a as one of my other many sports itself way back then. I then kind of uh, um, decided to kind of follow my my career within the triathlon world, obviously picking up more races, not just a, a fundraising event, but actually starting to race a lot more seriously as a junior, um, heading off with the Zimbabwe triathlon team to, to the African championships and, uh, to which I, I succeeded and, and was, um, crowned at under 17 as the African champion. And then I headed off to the UK to do, um, further my studies within, uh, college in the sports science world. 
Um, that was uh, whilst I, when I landed in the UK, I headed straight off to World Championships in Cleveland. So I've I've been through the ITU World Championships uh, on two occasions, and then on one other occasion, I, I headed to uh, the Firefighter World Championships um, uh, back in Lausanne itself. Uh, I, I studied uh, BTEC Sports Science at college uh, in the UK over a, a two-year period and then headed my way up to Coventry and um, was racing full-time for a, a kind of a semi-professional team at the time. The team was called Piglet Sports, um, as in the, a pig. <laughs> it <Right>. was <laughs> our, our role model. It was based upon um, Mike Pig, who was a, a very reputable and uh, honourable triathlete back in the States years ago, the Mark Allen era and Dave Scott era, and um, more at the Olympic distance himself. So we were racing for a, a semi-professional team, which was based in the, in, in the UK, in London, and we had opportunity to go and race the French Grand Prix as juniors um, with the team and uh, had some number of successful races there where you're racing against 500 athletes and you're not necessarily podium because you're racing against the likes of Spencer Smith at the time. Um, and so I got a top 20 in one of the races in, in France and continued to race the, the UK um, British Triathlon Series itself. Without dragging out my whole career and my whole history in itself, I then headed off to university and then um, from university, uh, I didn't finish up in university. I, I, I dropped out, if you want to call it that, and I headed towards uh, being more of a fitness manager and a health club manager within an establishment. Still dabbling a little bit of racing, but not as serious as I was as a junior. And then I finally picked it up back up again very recently on the full-time racing and training when I had an opportunity to um, uh, to start to look at seriously gaining my um, WTC Ironman professional license and racing on the Ironman 70.3 circuit in itself. Um, that was a, a great honor. I mean, I, I won't go into too much on that side of things because obviously it's uh, more on, uh, on, on the coaching side of things later on and uh, philosophies through that side. I have been running a, a coaching company called Paradise Triathlon Training for the past uh, seven years now. And I've been full time with that company uh, since I left the fire service, actually. Um, that's been five years full time coaching whilst I was racing as a professional and racing and training as a professional athlete. Uh, now I'm running that full time. I'm no longer racing as a professional athlete. I just, uh, you could say, retired. Um, I haven't hung up my boots, and uh, but I'm, I'm still on my swim cap, if you call it that. <laughs> but uh, I'm still, I will, I'll go to my grave doing triathlons, obviously taking part where I can and as long as I can. Um, so Paradise Tri is now uh, relocated back to the UK, but however, I'm coaching athletes worldwide, and uh, there's a number of projects that I'll be heading up in the Norfolk, the Norwich Norfolk region. Uh, it's Intimate is very, it's very, it's within the talks now, uh, with the parties and with the groups that I'm going to be working with. And we, it's quite exciting to see what the potential is there in particular. And just to fill in one little hole there, headed back into to the UK with Paradise Try, that's back from Cyprus where you were located for a couple of years. And, uh, that's where I first met you. We obviously had been coaching me for a while there, but I went out for a camp 
training camp there in uh, february march of this year 2017 and now we're in the Åland islands where my family lives and we're here to do a swim run which you have heard on another episode by this time so uh, we seem to be meeting up on on islands and uh, maybe if you can count the uk as an island then uh, that will might be the next uh, the next place but Anyway, that's a great background, and uh, just uh, to fill in one more gap, you've been coaching me now for a little bit over a year, and um, it's been uh, going very well. I'm very happy with the results, <laughs> I can say, definitely. And let's move into the training topics that we and training and coaching topics that we want to discuss for today. So first, and we have actually planned this out quite a bit, so. We are going to talk here about attributes of successful triathletes with successful being successful for whatever it is for you. It can be just complete your first triathlon if you're a beginner, or it can be set a new PR or even qualify for Kona. But what can you pinpoint the attributes that you see in successful triathletes? Sure. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of lists and thoughts and points that people have got going through their heads to... um to make a, a project or a goal or a target as successful as possible. And as you say, we're not talking about a gold medal at the next uh, Olympic Summer Games. Um, that's unfortunately going to go to only one person uh, you know, within that world. But completion in itself, how can we um, almost, uh, what's important to focus on to be able to make that goal or that target at the end or that completion of that event successful? I, I would certainly very um, boldly say that there's you've got to have a balance of uh, areas for example like um, your work life your family life uh, your um, social aspects as well it's important to uh, enjoy yourself and also the training and the racing as well and rest Uh, those are really really uh, important to get a good balance of these now it's not necessarily 20% of all of them it's or um, uh, 50% of uh, work life and your commitments there but it, it will vary as you go throughout your periodization of your training or your toward as you get closer and closer towards your event uh, that you're taking part in the other thing that i'd really say that will add to your success is a structured program if you want to call it that now you don't have to go out and actually get a a um an all depth 12 month training program in particular what i mean by that is a a program can be one session or it could be two sessions but you it would be really really good to have to know when you go out the door to go for training, what are you actually doing? What are you trying to achieve? And um, to have that rather than trying to see how quickly you can run around the block uh, and then beat it the next time and beat it and get quicker and quicker. Um, or how many t- how many lengths can you swim in the swimming pool within a half an hour period or 10 minutes? That's not necessarily a training program because that will become very repetitive and it will plateau out. If not, you'll start to drop off on performance. Um and then ultimately, as coach, as a coach, uh, you could look at getting a coach which would be able to take those responsibilities, certainly on the training program, to make sure you're working towards that goal. These are just a couple of uh, the main areas, attributes that I would actually say that would be adding towards a positive, successful achievement uh, for your first completion. And on the flip side of that, uh, are there some common things that you see that uh, triathletes get wrong that uh, causes athletes not to achieve their goals? (laughs) Of course. And uh, we, we, if we were 
100% successful in everything we did, um, it would be quite easy. And we don't do these types of, uh, some people call it crazy sports. Um, we don't do these things um, because they're easy. They're challenging and they're physically and mentally challenging. So th- there's a lot of things that people will want to go out and do better than someone else or um, go faster than someone else. And what I've seen a lot of is your classic overtraining syndrome. You're overtraining someone who's gone out and uh, um, there's a saying, um, if it's not raining, I ain't training. I ain't going (laughs) training. If it's not snowing, I ain't going, you know. So pushing yourselves through elements or things like that or going for another um, 10 minutes of a one hour bike ride example like that. I call these kind of elements a gym junkie syndrome. So you're pushing, if you're not crying, bleeding or sweating by your last, when you come back in the door, you go back out and do it again. And this can be a really classic syndrome or um, uh, example of overtraining. That kind of leads very um, well into the sense of that it's inconsistent. So if you don't have a consistency, you don't have a program, you don't have that periodization to follow, you're going to be inconsistent and you're not going to be able to... uh, no matter what you try to do, you will not achieve your goal at the end of the day or complete that event, let alone get a successful successful session or a successful week in particular. Um, as I say, not following the program that you've been assigned to, these are your classic flip sides of, of not being able to achieve that or be successful within that goal. And is it possible to, in some way, prioritize or put an order of importance on these different both positive and negative attributes that we've now been talking about what are the most important things and what which of these are maybe not quite as important as the other ones yeah great that's a, that's a really good question because i'm sure that some of your listeners out there are actually thinking well um if i if i'm taking part in a ma- in a marathon for example let's just use a, a standalone event uh classic marathon well um Am I going to put 20% focus on my family, 20% focus on work, 20% focus? There's no preference order. There's no actual, this This needs to be um, prioritized more than this. It may vary as you approach the events. So I always talk to my athletes about considering um, we're, we're getting closer towards the event, six weeks out from an Ironman event. You have a little sit down and have a little conference with your family and you say, guys, please just bear with me for six weeks. Work with me on that support. So preferential order, no, but there may become a time that you need to consider them in different capacities. And uh, to clarify uh, what I meant was actually if you look at these different things, so that was the balance side, but then also having the structured program, having a coach, not overtraining, not being inconsistent and so on, these bigger buckets that we just mentioned what about them are are there some of these mistakes for example that you see most often compared to others and some of the is one of the positive attributes the most important compared to others what's your thoughts on that obviously being a coach i would be putting coaching at the top i I would be putting uh, get yourself a coach right at the top of the priority on the list because a good coach will be able to help you to um, eliminate these, uh, what we discussed on the flip side of stuff, uh, that the overtraining, the inconsistency. And um, <laughs> certainly if you don't follow the program, the coach is going to be contacting you um, quite quickly. So yeah, certainly putting the, um, you know, the coaching side of things at the top there, which will then give you that structure to the pro- 
program and they sh- they will be able to help you um, consultancy wise or mentoring wise to get that balance of that work family or give you some ideas and tips that's a, a good point and it's kind of like you see well the way businesses do for example i from an engineering background myself and and we have these things we try to find the bottlenecks and what's the one thing we can do that makes all the other problems go away and and i think that's kind of what you're trying to say here with with this coaching and and that's a a good way to to look at it so let's move a little bit into now the specific disciplines within triathlon and your philosophy in quotation marks because i'm not particularly fond of that word but let's use it for now on swimming biking and running and and when we planned it out we were talking about three different categories of triathletes Uh, so the complete beginner complete complete newbie that is training now or starting to train for their first triathlete and the improving triathlete maybe a mid-packer it can be somebody that has just completed their first or somebody that has been in the sport for a couple of years even but still not at that top end of their their age group for example and then the advanced triathlete the the triathlete that's going for the podium in their age group and maybe i'm trying to qualify for world championships and so on so so what are your thoughts on swim training for these three different categories Right. I mean, it, it's that's there was we had some really good discussions on this prior to to recording, and uh, it's it's really interesting because obviously everyone out there is going to be saying I'm I'm really good at this, I'm really good at that, especially if you come from a a soul of a sporting event and coming into it. So we've we've got three different types of categories: the beginner, the improver, improving, and the advanced. And as a coach, I would be really, um, you're, you're correct on the philosophy side of things. It's more, it depending on who you're dealing with as an individual on the athlete, that can vary your philosophy, inverted commas. So on the beginner, on the swimming side of things, looking what, what I'd really emphasize upon that is you, I would be encouraging the athlete to complete the distance, to look at completing the distance that they're going to be swimming within that triathlon. It, within training, within one session. So, for example, let's take a sprint distance triathlon. You're compete. You're competing in a pool-based sprint distance triathlon coming up. You're a beginner, and I would be suggesting that you'd be looking at not straight away, not session one, but before the event, you have completed a seven fifty meter swim uh, inside inside a swimming pool on that swimming occasion. If it's not a pool-based triathlon, obviously seven fifty is still quite a lot to swim within a pool. But if it's in the open water, um, I would be really, really encouraging you to have a look at that, um, getting familiar with that type of environment because it is quite daunting going into the open water. Look for a pool-based triathlon first and look to complete the distance. So 300 meters would be a a typical pool-based triathlon. And as I say, be, um, you know, look at the training of the distance that you're going to be complete competing in within that uh within your regime improver so an improving athlete you've you've, as we say taking part in triathlons you've already done one or two or you've done a year itself and you're looking to come go from that completer to that competer this is kind of a generic term worldwide nowadays that we're talking about on categorizing an athlete from that completer to competer and you're looking at that specificity as i call it within open water um, you, you going from the pool based triathlons, you're starting to be in the open water, get familiar skills and drills that I'll be really, really emphasizing for the athlete to be looking at doing once again, completing the distance within training, if not going over that. 
The advanced athlete, obviously we're looking for performance. I think the magic word here is on performance across all the swim, bike and runs that we'll look at as well. And um, you want to be looking at your physical swim fitness. Are you fit enough to swim? Are you, are you, have you got the speed? Have you got the stamina? Have you got the strength to be able to do that? And yes, also still introducing that element of the technical aspect, but not, not, not wasting your time on technique, but introducing that on sporadic times throughout the periodization, but definitely looking at your swim fitness because that's fundamentally how we're going to get better. We're going to get faster within that. Specific open water skills. So not just doing your sighting drills or swimming around a, a swim boy in the open water, but actually doing some mass starts. Get down to your local lake, get within a club or a group, five or six of you. You don't have to be the same ability uh, for, to do this type of stuff, but doing deep water starts for 50 meters, um, doing entrances and exits are because some of the races these days we have aussie exits as they're called it's good to practice these specific open water um environments and swimming on top of each other (laughs) i don't i'm not saying go out and swim on top of each other but get close to each other that's a really really good aspect uh in to to be training and um moving on to let's talk first a bit i have follow-up questions for for the swimming and uh a lot of it here comes down to specificity and both the improver and the advanced you mentioned the open water and uh, you have a great example from yourself with uh, being in cyprus for a couple of years and training and you, we talked about that the other day and and can you talk a little bit about what you saw when you were able to really on a regular basis for a long time of the year get into the open water what's happened with your swimming absolutely it's um it, it's revolutionized my swimming my my um confidence and not saying that i was drowning every time i got into the sea but it was more of i was i lived five ten minutes away from the sea being in cyprus and i had that opportunity to be able to be in the open water and i scheduled a lot of my um, strength and endurance sessions which were pool based to go and, and transfer them into the open into the open water into the sea so i was um setting for example if we were doing five 200 meter swim uh, repeats then i would actually set my watch my garmin watch to be able to tell me when i swam 200 meters in the open water and i was swimming those strength sets um in all those repetition sets inside the open water they were a lot longer than that so looking at the strength endurance for example i was swimming three by 1000 meter reps and uh, with 15 seconds rest in between them treading water in the sea and then off i go again within a safe bay it it made me stronger it made me a wiser open water sea swimmer i actually spent doing that just before i'm in south africa last season and I had one of the most difficult and slowest sea swims ever at Ironman South Africa. Um, but I, I could have been a lot worse if I had not have done those uh, regular in, uh, training sessions within the sea in particular. I'm forever telling my athletes, if you're going to likes of Ironman Barcelona, Mallorca, um, even Kona, you know, if it's a non-wetsuit swim, potential of a non-wetsuit swim, Get yourself in the open water without your wetsuit on. It's a total different environment. And so that's the specificity. That's what I talk about on that aspect. Yeah. And uh, one more thing about swimming before we move on to biking is uh, what you mentioned there about uh, not wasting, in uh, inverted commas, uh, your time on technique. I mean, this is something that we talked about a lot the other day as well. And, and talking about how to become aware when you're swimming and how you can use 
those hard fitness building sets to still practice technique just by being focused and present and actually think about what you're doing and, and trying to remain focused and keep that awareness as you get into the the back end of your set and are getting really tired and it's getting really difficult so so that's one one more point to make and i've seen it myself with the program that you've done for me on the swimming and a lot of really hard stuff uh, big main sets at at a hard pace and the, your arms are falling off towards the end but but you feel very accomplished once you've done them and and in certain sessions when you feel that you really managed to to keep focused throughout you you see the difference and and that's makes you improve a lot as a swimmer it has definitely for me then moving on to to biking and uh, again starting from the beginner moving through to the advanced what's your thoughts on biking um yeah i mean so the biking side of things from the the beginner's point of view uh once again i will emphasize uh, across the board on the beginner's side of things look to train the distance and possibly over on 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 the well over on on the biking side of things so if you've got a 20 kilometer bike section for the sprint distance um then we'd be looking at doing 20k uh for your um endurance sets or endurance rides uh within that um, specific session in particular uh, you can go over there's no harm there's less there's a lot less impact and the reason why i advised go over is because you may like to ride with someone else and uh, it there's no harm in getting in a little bit of extra mileage in because 20k is not going to take you too long and it's a nice saturday ride get out there a little bit longer if you wish to the improver, the improver, this is once again, we, we bring this word back in on the specificity side of things. Um, so you, you've done your first tri- season of triathlons. You might have done an Olympic distance, but you've crossed the finish line and you've gone, I, I know I can go faster on the bike, but how do you go faster? So there's a really, really useful uh, tool out there, which I never had as a junior, which is called a turbo trainer. And it's very, very popular, obviously, these days for winter training and uh, aspects of even doing some brick sessions. So you can turbo during the winter and then go and run outside on the road, because obviously sometimes the conditions on the road are a lot too are, are too icy. But from the fitness point of view, turbo trainers, uh, there's a lot of um, reputable uh internet-based uh, software companies which will be able to guide you through a uh, set program over a six-week period or eight-week period during the winter to be able to improve your fitness. And in the order of uh, name of specificity, can you name them, please? <laughs> uh, so um, so we're talking like the likes of Trainer Roads um, and also we're talking about Zwift. Uh, I'm sure there are a few other which are on some units like the Watt Bikes and um, some stationary indoor bike reps there but the best thing about these uh, turbo trainers is that you can actually put your own bike on there and you can continue to ride whereas some of the gym bikes that you go to down at the local gymnasium the indoor ones they they're not adaptable you can't adjust them you can't set them up to the best efficient position for yourself and that leads me on to kind of in still within the improver category get yourself a bike fit so you, you, you maybe have borrowed a bike for your first triathlon and now you're starting to think, oh, I'm going to invest in my own bike and go and get a, a bike from the local shop or a secondhand bike, but you're not sure whether it's actually going to be the right size for you. This will advance your performance by a huge amount, especially if you get it wrong 
then you, you know the amounts of it's not marginal gains it's absolute huge amount of gains on getting the right size bike and the right um versatile bike for yourself i'm going to break in here with a question because i think for the bike especially within the improver segment there's definitely i see at least in finland a lot of people that have been doing triathlons for many many years potentially but are still not at that advanced i'm trying to podium in my age group level and for many the bike is something that they do a lot but they never seem to get any faster but they they have a good baseline fitness but they may be stagnated so do you have any any advice for for this this group of athletes they may be pretty fit but they they can't get any fitter and they're still they still feel that they could get any fitter if they just you know figure the problem out what what do i do yeah i mean uh, just straight away as soon as you were talking about you know I've, i've gone out i've bought the bike i've got the the most expensive bike out there but i'm still not getting any faster Uh, obviously the elements of fitness are where you're going to start to improve and you may consider getting yourself a coach um a little bit of a phrase that we have out there certainly in the united kingdom um is all the gear and no idea uh, so we're still spending our money on getting the right race equipment and the right uh you know we spent our money on the bike fit but we still haven't we're, we're not buying speed you know we we can't <laughs> can't buy speed out there to um we need to still improve our bike fitness and that specificity of looking at yes we talked about the tra- the turbo trainer but let's get ourselves out onto the road when we can and if we can do it safely and looking at that race equipment as i mentioned you may want to advance to um these really cool aero helmets or uh, a skin suit or uh, a tri you know the tri suits even some aero bars so then that needs we need to consider about our bike handling skills even with a new pair of aero wheels because if we get a crosswind can you handle that bike within that crosswind so th- this is where we see a lot of people making fundamental errors in about buying equipment and buying the the bikes out there and not having that ability that bike ability to be able to handle the bike uh w- w- you know to their to their um to their ability their technical aspect yeah and uh now let's move into the advanced segment so the advanced segment uh, section this is where we still have uh, the possibility of looking at the techie side for those techie gurus out there who like a little bit of tech you can potentially be looking at uh getting yourself a, a power meter and um this is probably one of the um Mikel I know you you took a the the lunge into the plunge into getting yourself a power meter we discussed it a lot and uh being a data man you enjoyed that side of things but um it certainly does help within your your progression and it shows it's an element of uh, a figure a reading that will show you you are getting faster and fitter and pr- you're progressing within that program I'm sure you would agree on that on that basis um the the other thing is still within the specificity side of things get yourself out to a local uh, group or a cycling group um who have got the knowledge and the ability to be able to do this structured session uh which is called a chain ganging session um these days we're getting a lot of draft legal races within triathlons um even though some of them shouldn't be draft legal but there are some draft legal draft drafters out there um and uh there is even at the ITU i believe that they were they are and were considering of the, the sprint and the olympic distance for age groupers of having a draft legal race at the world championships um but the the i'm not f- 
talking about going to do this chain ganging session for your draft legal benefit. It's more of that you're trying to, it's, it's a full on session. You have a, a, a loop around, say, for example, a five to 10 kilometer loop. There's a group of four or five, maybe even six of you. And you go a bit like the pursuit teams on the tracks where you've got 30 seconds on the front and you're actually working yourself and feeding back off. So it's an interval session. It's a really hard and fast interval session, which is building that speed and um, speed endurance in particular as well. Um, the other thing is have a look for the in your local area for a midweek time trial. Get yourself out to those um, uh, those 10 mile time trials uh, or the classic 25 mile time trials. They do happen on the uh, on the evenings of of a mid of a midweek, and you can get yourself uh, you know building certainly a lot of strength and using that as a tempo session from your training program if you wish to. And even potentially run off, go, go into the, the, do a brick session after that tempo. Uh, so certainly on the advanced side, I think we've covered that very specific, um, uh, aspect of increasing your performance because you're perform, you're, you're training to perform, you're training to win, uh, or you're training to win your age group or your race in particular. And those are going to give you those positive results. Would you say that uh, some of those things like midweek time trials and chain ganging it is going to one of the big benefits would be to increase your ability to really hurt on the bike and, and put yourself in, in the hurt box? Uh, well, certainly, yeah, it is a session to um, to put yourself in the hurt box. Uh, and likewise, that's some of the, most of a lot of you listeners out there will be saying to me, well, that's most of my turbo sessions, <laughs> um, the pain chamber, as we, we call it. Um, but uh, yeah, so it certainly is something, but it doesn't have to be every bike session in the week. I must stress that. Remember that balance of that periodization of that progression within your program. Uh, it's really important to have that. So you're not doing that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Great. And uh, finally, let's move into running. What are your thoughts on running for beginners, first of all? Yeah, great. I mean, obviously, triathlon is three sports, but it's still a one tri- a triathlon is one sport alone. So the the run, a lot of people come to me and they say, well, I'm coming from a running background and I want to do my first triathlon. Some of them plunge straight into doing a half Ironman or a, or a full a long course in itself. Um, some will take a little bit more of a wiser step and go into the into the, the sprint and the Olympic distance. So once again, we're looking at not necessarily training the distance within one particular session um certainly within the longer course triathlons you don't want to be going out and running a 42 kilometer run in one of your endurance run sessions um i i'm a a coach that designs my programs all based on time rather than distance so i would be looking considering to actually put a time in there not equivalent to the time that you are hoping to to run the run leg at at the triathlon in particular. So the beginner's side of things on the run side, um, look at look at keeping it uh, within. I would say up to about a maximum of eighty percent of the total distance um, that you're get, that, of the distance that you're actually going to be running there. But within the shorter distances, so sprint and Olympic. Um, feel free to obviously go out and maybe do a local park run. There's park runs out there every Saturday on, on which are five kilometers. There's no harm in doing that, but don't go out and do a half marathon if you're training for a 70 point th- or a half, a half distance try. Um, the other, the other thing is, um, 
within it within the beginner side of things is just just be very very careful of how much time you're spending on your feet so running just bear in mind for the listeners out there that running is the highest impact of the three sports and if you're if you're continually going out there and doing say for example five days a week of um a three kilometer run every single day your 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 total volume is quite high impact over that side it's still not the five kilometer distance that i was referring to don't necessarily train up to and definitely not over the distance you're you're looking at within one session but it's it's still within that um overtraining uh, syndrome aspect so just be careful out there of how many times you would do a shorter run session over the week in particular the intermediate or the improver the improver side of things um as i mentioned earlier even with the beginners side of things get yourself out to the park runs and uh it's uh it's free of charge to get out to park runs if you if you're based within an area that does them maybe even bike there so do a lot an extended bike route and if you can lock your bike up when you get there then and go and do the 5k run so that's a brick runs training session however don't necessarily do this during the winter because unless you're re- training for a race which is early january or something in particular so there is a time and a place for doing those brick sessions uh certainly on on within a periodization uh and not only can you do you have to do them to the park runs but if you don't have a park run in your area we talked about the turbo for the bike training get yourself on your turbo do your turbo session and then go out straight out of your turbo off your turbo session into a run uh, which will be shorter than your, your distance that you're looking at there's a number of different combinations of turbo brick sessions that you can do um, that may be something that you can look at on your program or with your coach the advanced side of things uh, the fundamentally we're still looking at these elements of fitness you want to get faster you're training to win your category you're training to to be the best that you can out there to get that result uh, uh to qualify or to actually finish on the podium and for you to be able to hit that within the running world there is those elements of fitness your speed your stamina and your strength and i'm a strong believer in if you can increase your running speed through the use of track sessions so that's an athletics track out there doing 400 meter repeat repeats 800 1 km i would suggest that your track sessions would go up to a maximum of around about 2 km otherwise it then starts to go into a that, tempo that's for a single interval you mean that's correct yeah so a single interval so you'd be looking at a maximum of kind of something like around i've got a, a, an athlete that i'm coaching for a marathon at the moment and they did three times two kilometer reps on the track the other day obviously with a rest period or a recovery period within itself um so get yourself down to the track and maybe join a local athletics club or get a group of yourselves together and if you can't get to an athletics track go to a football field use the football field you don't have to be 400 meters exact you can use one rep one rep is once around the football field um there's a lot of local parks you maybe you can mark out a route yourself in particular uh train to pace um it, this is something which i am a very i i i've strongly believe in and it's a little bit of my philosophy as as we're talking about here is that if you can certainly as an advanced athlete as an advanced performing athlete 
rather than going out and looking at your heart rate monitor or saying your perceived effort, which is, oh, I feel like I'm one to 10, I'm, I'm running at six out of 10 here, almost a 60% effort in particular, is very hard. Your perceived effort can lie to you. And as being an, ath- an advanced athlete, you really should be in a position that you know how your body responds and you should be starting to get that perceived effort or perceived feeling almost balanced up with an actual, which I'm talking about, uh, an actual heart rate. So it can lie to us sometimes. So what I'm saying is a more specific, what is your 5K pace? What is your 10K pace? What is your half marathon pace? What should I be running my 400 meter reps on, my 800 meter reps on? And um, all of my athletes out there, uh, I think you've spoken with the likes of uh, James Dunn in the past and looking at that he, he's a strong believer in using the Jack Daniels systems. And I use that as well. There's, there's formulas out there which can calculate this type of pace that you should be running at in training, not in racing, but in training. And that's where you would communicate this with your coach. If you're self-coached, then obviously that's something that you could utilize within that avenue. That's great, and we'll link to Jack Daniels again in uh, the show notes. I think that James actually did have that as his favorite book, blog, or resource related to triathlon, so uh, you would be correct. And uh, then finally, we were laughing at this when we planned this episode out, we're going to try to do a no-details question, and uh, Simon is laughing now because he talks a lot, but just uh, keep it to a word or a sentence or so, and give one to three great tips for that you would give important tips for the beginner triathlete starting from that segment again sure um Mikhail, just very quickly just just back it up to that advanced side of things not only the pace side of things but um i was i was also laughing about yes i do talk a lot but also the power meters are now starting to come into the running side of the world so we talked about the advanced athlete looking at a power meter for your bike you could potentially be also looking at a power meter for your running performance as well. And uh, I know that Mikel has uh, done last week's uh, episodes, uh, last Episode Monday. Episode 59. 59. Uh, on talking about his personal experience on that. And we've, we haven't worked together on the power running side of things, but it's certainly something that uh, I, you, is, is out there as a useful tool. Uh, I'm sure you would agree on yeah. that. Um, great. Sorry about that. The, so the no details, uh, l- looking at uh, the one to three uh, tips for a beginner. On the overall aspect, um, fundamentally, right at the top is enjoyment. You've got to enjoy it. You, you've really got to enjoy it. I, okay, across all three levels, you've got to enjoy it, but it comes a little bit more serious when you're on the advanced side. Um, although I, don't know, I do know a few um, lady athletes out there, professional athletes who are known for smiling their whole way around an Ironman course, Iron course in particular. Um, the other thing is that, as I mentioned before, a little phrase in the UK, all the gear and no idea. You don't have to go out and buy all of these gadgets. You know, don't be tempted. Don't be persuaded. Um, don't, don't have a bad influence um, put upon yourself from your peers or your fellow club mates. You don't need to do it. There are ways. Um, the Dave Scotts and the Mark Allens, they, you know, how did they, how were they so successful? Uh, it definitely don't get all, don't need to get all the gadgets. Uh, training buddy. I, I'm really fond of this. I'm really fond of this, certainly within a beginner, because it not only motivates you, it's not only a physical presence of a motivation, um, but it's also psychological and you could, you could challenge each other to try and, 
uh, enter your first triathlon. I think that's really, really good. And that that's, adds a lot of fun to the actual aspect on that side. The improver. Uh, yeah, we're on to the improver now. So looking at being consistent, I'm really, really fond of this. You'll see a number of my articles on Facebook uh, with Paradise Try talking about um, consistency, uh, hashtag consistency, consistency. I'm always talking about this. If you're not consistent, you're not going to give the elements of fitness a chance to be able to develop and progress through to your target that you're trying to look at especially on the improver side, because you've crossed that finish line on the completer side. You're now saying, I want to go faster. I can go faster. How can I do that? Consistency will, will conclude that for you. Get yourself a program. Get yourself a coach. Even better than that, just a program. Get yourself a coach. And on this occasion, certainly look at some sort of multi-sport watch um, if you want to, if that's something affordable by yourself. And the advanced segment, finally. What tips would you give for them? So the advanced section, it's a no-brainer, um, straight in with a coach. It is, uh, it is something which um, there is a number of professional athletes out there who are self-coached, and there has been a number of athletes in the past who have been self-coached. But I really strongly believe, personally, I've been through both avenues of self-coached and coached. I believe that there's values of a coach that cannot be represented within being self-coached uh, in, in that aspect. I think we're going to go on to talk a little bit more about that um, in the second episode, uh, the second stage of this uh, episode. Um, so, yeah, really important to have a look at your 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 coach, uh, looking at getting a coach. Um, the other thing which we struggle with a lot in the UK, uh, athletes there, is access to really good facilities. Now, you may have a 25-meter pool or a 50 – we have a 50-meter pool in Norwich that's accessible to ourselves, but we really struggle to get um, – I'm not saying that we need to be treated like kings or queens, but we struggle to get a, a lane uh, with similar ability swimmers or swim, similar-paced athletes within that lane, certainly during the public session times, and it's very difficult to hire a lane or to book a lane within a club environment. So – It's be really, really good to go and talk to your local facilities, your swimming pools, your tracks, um, them in particular I'm talking about, and maybe even the gymnasiums, and work with them. And I'd say if you're wanting to be a, an, an advancing athlete, you're wanting to try and qualify for Kona or even better world championships on the ITU side, get yourself down to the local facilities and have a chat with them and say what your plan is to do. So maybe they can actually allocate you with a lane on a at least one session a week. I think that's really, really important to, to try and communicate that across to facilities. And really, really, the last one on the advanced side of things is set yourself short-term and long-term goals so that you know that you're on the right track to where you're wanting to achieve that, fundamentally that long-term goal, but the that you need to have that um that journey that road mapped out in front of you so that you're able to track it and you're able to log it and see the light at the end of the tunnel rather than being very blinkered and lack of motivation and you're not going you're, you're questioning where am i going with this what's going on yes if you're with a coach that's what a coach should be actually supporting you with but if you're self-coached really get yourself short-term and long-term goals 
Thank you for that. That was great. And uh, goal setting is one of the topics that we'll discuss in the next part. So you'll hear that in a few days time. And uh, I'll just keep chatting with Simon here because we're recording it in one go, of course. So stay tuned for that. And uh, until next week, keep training smart and keep loving triathlon. I hope that you enjoyed that discussion and we'll be back with Simon in the next episode, in episode 65. We did a pretty long discussion, so I split it into two. And the next interview will be about goal setting and self-coaching for the beginner, improver and advanced triathlete. Be sure to tune into that. If you have any feedback for the podcast or any questions that you want answered or just want to chat with me in general, please send me an email to michael at scientifictriathlon.com. That's Michael with a K. You can find the show notes for this episode on thattriathlonshow.com as usual. Simon's contact details are simon at paradisetry.co.uk and his website is paradisetry.co.uk. We'll have his rapid fire questions and final words on the next interview. So again, tune into that. But you can find his contact details on the show notes for today's episode as well. Thank you as always for listening. Hit that subscribe button so that you can listen to every single episode. You never need to think about when the next episode is going to launch. It will download automatically to your podcast player app. So hit subscribe again in your podcast player app. I'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.